Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to another episode. This week, we are talking about redundancy and the situation where as a line manager, you might have to advise people that they're at risk of redundancy, you might be in a situation where you are. And this has come up because although we talk in general terms quite often on the podcast about our clients and things that have come up for our clients, one of the things that we realize that we've never actually spoken about is the fact that we have a business together that's called Catalyst Careers, and that's a career coaching and development business. So one of the things that we've been working with clients on in in that business specifically is support where businesses are making redundancy and we're recognizing that we're seeing more of that. So if that's the situation that your business is in, we hope that this week's episode will help give you some guidance and thought around that. So Pam, when people are a line manager, pretty much it's going to come with the turf, isn't it? At some point during your career, you are going to have to lead others through redundancy scenarios. I don't know of many, if any, people who've got through their career without facing this. Yeah, definitely. I've been through it twice with two different teams and it is, it's hard going and it's something that you're not always prepared for, are you? Like, even if you've done it once, when it comes around again, a lot of the time, because it's unexpected and it's almost just dropped out of thin air, sometimes you can get a feeling, but a lot of the time it does come unexpected and it's a lot to deal with, isn't it? As soon as you know, and then you've got to start sharing that with your teams and sitting down with your teams and talking through it. And you need to be able to process it yourself first, don't you, before you start processing it with your team. But a lot of the time you don't really get that chance. You don't really get the chance to have a think about it yourself. You just straight into it and it's go. And then you're dealing with the fallout. You're absolutely right. It, regardless of when you've done it before, I've been involved in a number of different redundancy scenarios. I've been involved from a perspective of being made redundant myself from a business um, going into administration. I've been involved with it where when I was in my retail career in, op- in operations, we were closing individual stores. And so there were redundancies within pockets. I've on the HR side been involved in a global restructure. And yeah, every single situation is different. And so much of it is because the people are different. The peoples who are at risk of redundancy, their response and how they experience it is so different. And all of the scenarios that I just talked about were slightly different. The number of people impacted are different. There's there's just so many different variables that having been through it doesn't necessarily help you to be prepared if you come against it as a leader or manager again. So what impact do you see it having 
when people, first of all, when a line manager is advised that the business is making roles redundant and they are going to have to potentially have some of those conversations, but they themselves are not at risk. So let's take that scenario first. What are the types of things that typically go through people's heads? What should they be thinking about? Yeah, so I suppose with that scenario, you've got survivor's guilt and you'll be trying to help them process it, but at the same time, knowing that your job isn't affected, but then maybe you might be wondering, will my job be affected in the future? So you've got like a whole load of emotions going on yourself there and then you're dealing with other people and regardless of the reason for the redundancy and regardless of how good the person is, there's always a huge knock to people's confidence. When they find out they're getting made redundant, it always massively affects confidence, regardless of how employable they are or how much of a superstar they've been within your team. It always kind of, the confidence bit always hits first. And when you're not at risk yourself, sometimes it's harder to deal with that and help people process their emotions because you're in that situation where you know, they, and I've been in the situation as well, where people have said, you're okay, you're not losing your job. And it it can be really difficult because you're like, yeah, but I'm here to support you and I'm going to do everything I can to support you. But it just depends how people take it, doesn't it? And what emotions they've got to deal with. Yeah. Being prepared for any and every emotion under the sun (laughs) is probably one of the most important pieces of guidance. If, if, someone's got to manage that situation because description is spot on of that there will be people who potentially will be almost that anger and that lashing out of it's all right for you your job's safe and that like you say survivor's guilt that kind of you feel guilty for being glad that your role is safe so you've got all these emotions to process they've got a whole different set of emotions to process and it can be quite tricky to unpick your way through and I think a couple of episodes that we've done before are are potentially really helpful if this is the situation that you're in one of that is how to deliver bad news well which was episode number 21 we'll link to it in the show notes and the other was just last week's episode on prioritization because one of the things that I think people miss is when redundancies are happening, there's so much focus on managing that process and supporting those people that what can get missed is the realization that if you're going to have roles at risk of redundancy and you're going to reduce resource in your team or your function or department, then you need to revisit what is it that you're committing to? What can you deliver? Because if you're going to have less resource, you can't deliver the same output. And I think what I've seen happen is that managers don't know to do that. And so they don't communicate, this is what we're now able to deliver on this resource or this is how we're going to manage it. And what they try and do is whoever's left and feels guilty that they do still have a job, all then try and work twice as hard to cover for the fact that there's less resource. And that then comes back to bite a few months or more down the line where people are exhausted still trying to deliver the same output from a smaller pool of resource 
Yeah, and I suppose with that as well, you've always got that other aspect as well where people will do more because they think, what if I'm next? What if they don't see the value in me or the work that I'm doing? And I think that's where, as the line manager, you need to almost say to people, it's not you as a person, it's the role that's being made redundant. And from the position that you're in, you don't generally know what that structure looks like. It's usually the more senior management that will be making those decisions in some ways it's it's good to be thinking about redundancy regardless because if you're always prepared for it from a line manager perspective and from an individual perspective then if it does ever happen you're not although you might still be a little bit shocked by it but you're ready to hit the ground running you've got your action plan ready to for it to kick into action and what about the scenario then where you're being asked to make roles redundant and you might have all of the stuff that goes with that. So it can be that you might have to make decisions and choose from selection rate people against selection criteria. People might have to apply for roles again and you might have to look at so many roles are being made redundant, but also there's a recruitment process for people to go through. If you are also at risk yourself in the midst of all that going on, How does that feel and what do people need to be aware of in that situation? Yeah, that is really tough, isn't it? Especially when you're being asked to continue and help the business to survive and thrive when you know that there's no job there at the end of it for you. And I suppose in some ways you have to just take it on board, but you also have to think of yourself first. So you don't want to be burning yourself out, trying to pull everything together, trying to do all the handovers, making sure everything's resourced as as it needs to be. First of all, you need to check in with yourself and just make sure that you've got everything lined up because you don't want to be in a situation where you get to the end of your consultation periods or your notice periods and then you're into the job search world and you've got nothing lined up you've got no interviews you've not even started working on your cv because you've prioritized the business stuff so i think you you also need to to stop and think about yourself first it's it's that um it's the airplane analogy isn't it where you put your own oxygen mask on first and i think if you can do that and you can get yourself into a position where you're like okay this is what i need to do for me it's going to be easier to deliver everything else you need to do for the business and for the people that you support. And because you've got your own head straight or as straight as it could be in that situation. I think this is a really common area where people do overlook themselves. It's almost where doing some of that stuff becomes a distraction, I think, from having to handle the emotions. And I know when I go back, this, the situation I was in with the business that went into administration, part of the business was being bought back out of administration and part of the business wasn't. And I was in exactly that mode that you described where I was trying to make sure that as many people as possible could be transferred into stores where they would keep a role, making sure that I supported the the people that were at risk of redundancy And I did not even look at my CV. I didn't do job search. I didn't set up any alerts for future roles. And I had to then notify people from the side of the the part of the business that wasn't being bought that their roles had now been made redundant. And an hour later, I was on a conference call being told that my role was also redundant. 
and I knew it was coming, but I hadn't done a single thing to help myself. And it feels like you're doing good. It feels like you're doing the right thing, but also it's daft when I look back now. <laughs> if it was a friend going through it, I would be saying, that's great. But if there's not going to be something for you, you've also got to prioritize yourself in this. And I think very often that bit gets missed. And so absolutely now I would say it to anyone listening, if you know that your role is at risk of redundancy, then make sure that you prioritize yourself ahead of the business and equal with supporting other people. Yeah, definitely. I think that's brilliant advice. And if you do that, as soon as you get any inkling or even just to be prepared, just so that you've got that action plan as a backup that you can just refer to, because sometimes when we end up in situations like this, it's hard to think straight, isn't it? But if you've got, even if it's just the really basic action plan of if I'm ever in this situation, these are the things I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to think about first. And this is what I'm going to do. And even if you do find it a bit of a shock or whatever, you've got that backup plan. You can just go open it and you can be like, okay, I'm going to just follow these steps and you can change it as you go, as you find out more information, but at least you've got something there and you're ready. I think that's the key thing, isn't it? Preparation is the key to everything really, isn't it? And you can't prepare exactly, but you can anticipate some of the things that might need to happen and some of the ways that you might feel. And you certainly know yourself and how you might think and respond. So that side of it, you can plan for. We're not covering in this podcast episode the kind of detailed side of, you know, how to have a consultation meeting or some of that skill side of what might be needed. But certainly, again, you can be aware of some of those things that happen and you can start to look into those and be a little bit more confident that if you need to approach that situation, you are in a better place to be able to handle it. So how about this question of helping and supporting others then? Because yes, we've said that if you're at risk of redundancy, don't do it at the cost of your own support and putting your own mask on first. But for most people listening, I would imagine it's going to be a key driver of if you are in that situation as a line manager and you are a decent human being, you want to do the most you can beyond just the process side to actually support people. So in practical terms, what are some of the things that line managers can do to help and support other people through that period? I think one of the key things, and and this is something that's come out in some of the workshops that we've done recently as well, is just getting everyone together and talking about things that people do well so that they've got content for CVs, that they've got things to talk about at interviews, so that they've got something to kickstart that process with. Because what tends to happen is people find out they're getting made redundant, they'll go through all kinds of emotions their mind will go blank. They'll come to write a CV. If they're not experienced in writing CVs, then it's probably one of the hardest things to do at that point in time. So as a line manager, if I was in that situation again, I would definitely, and exactly like what we've been doing in the workshops where we're getting everyone together and asking them to share something that they know someone else has done well within that group. 
And we see in 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 real life how eye-opening that was for people and how nice that was for people to hear the good things that other people have got to say about them. And it it was actually the I think the last one we did where we went around the table and people were sharing perspective on people and you know what they thought they brought to the table and even helping them to articulate some of their experience in a way that took them away from this is what I do on a day-to-day and this is how other people see me and other people view me. And I think that was really useful for those people. It definitely was. We could see the energy and the shift when, and like you say, almost that, oh, that's so nice when people hear from other people the impact of what it's like working with you, what you bring to the table, what your strengths are. And as a line manager, I think one of the things I would take from what you've just shared is don't feel that's all got to be you. Don't feel that you've got to be sitting down with every individual and being the one to help them come up with every strength and experience and write their CV by bringing people together for that purpose of sharing, okay, this is the situation that people are in. What are the great things? What are the reasons why this person will be valuable to another business, you get those perspectives shared without it having to fall all on your shoulders. And that individual, at a time where they most need it, hopefully gets some of those real positives of, okay, maybe I hadn't quite realized. I think that's what we've seen, isn't it? That people hadn't quite realized how much their colleagues appreciate and value certain aspects of what they do and things that they might feel are just what I don't think anything much of it therefore wouldn't think to articulate and I had a conversation with somebody last week where they were in a similar thing and I was you know what I'd have killed for a candidate like you when I was uh, recruiting for this type of role the role that they're they're looking to move into and I was like I would absolutely have killed for somebody that would have brought those things so where you just think of it as just normal it's really not and some of those things get missed when people are either writing their cv or when they're showing up for interviews what else then can managers do in practical terms what else can managers do that can help people to handle being in that situation I think another thing that in hindsight, I wish I would have known more about when I was making redundancies was the change curve. My understanding of it and also I think it was been really useful for me to really understand it and for me to take my teams through it and say, look, this is where you are now. This is you might get to this point quickly it might take a bit of time you might need to do a little bit of work you might need to get your head around it a little bit more but these are the stages that you might go through and at the time which it was a long time ago it was pretty much you know early career for me and I didn't really understand it myself I didn't understand it enough to take people through it and I feel like now if I'd have had that knowledge I would have been able to support them better. And if they'd have understood that change curve, they would have understood why they felt the way they did when they did. And I think it would have helped them move through that change much quicker. 
For anyone that's not familiar with it, the change curve was originally developed looking at the emotions that people experience when they go through grief and has been adapted and now looks at the experience that people have when they go through change. So it looks at a fairly predictable series of emotions that people are likely to feel and they don't feel them in the same time frame they don't feel them to the same degree like you say some people move themselves through pretty quickly other people can get stuck at different points on the curve and I absolutely agree with you that as a manager having that awareness and understanding go and Google the change curve and look at some of the articles, but also we do reference it in that episode on how to deliver bad news. And that I think is really helpful because apart from anything else, it can help you not to feel that it's personal when people are in some of the early stages of feeling angry and some of that lashing out. And we were talking about where you're all right, your job's safe when you understand that's part of the change curve and that's not really about you, it's about where that person is on the change curve, then it feels less personal to be on the receiving end. And equally, when you can see that people are moving along and things are changing and shifting, then it can be really helpful and reassuring to know, okay, this is normal, this is where people are getting to. So if you're not familiar with it, regardless, to be honest, of redundancies or not, it's a really helpful framework because there'll be other types of organizational change that it will apply to. So I would definitely second that suggestion of make yourself familiar with it. Notice where it it comes into play and how it comes into play. But certainly if you're making people redundant, then that is the situation. And I suppose That probably brings me on to the next thing I would say, which I've just slipped into, is the language and being really mindful of not talking about people being made redundant, but about roles being made redundant. It's so easy, even when you've done it loads of times, to slip into the idea of, as an individual, I'm being made redundant, or I've got to make people redundant when it's actually the roles that are being made redundant. And for the individuals, it's really unhelpful if you're reinforcing that language that people are being made redundant because if they're already feeling that way and it feels personal, that adds to how personal it feels. And so it might feel like a really small thing, but really training yourself to think about what are the roles that are at risk of redundancy And what does that mean for the individuals and separating them? So you're not forgetting that there are people in these roles. Obviously, at the end of the day, people will not have a job. But it's that aspect of not reinforcing the message to people that they are being made redundant or that it is personal to them. Yeah, I think that is brilliant advice because when it becomes personal, it becomes so much harder to deal with, doesn't it? So separating that out, it it can sometimes make it a lot easier to digest. And I think you want to help people take that level of emotion out, don't you? Because when people start feeling emotions, it 
tends to cloud the judgment as well. And it can really hold people up and put barriers in their way. When people, I think, I always think the first thing people go to when they're being made redundant is this is a huge confidence knock for me. This is, this is going to be really hard for me. I thought I was doing really well. I've given my all to this company and it, it it does hit most people hard. Like, I don't think I've ever worked with anybody that has been made redundant and gone, oh, well, thank you for making me redundant. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. But I know that for the majority of people who do get made redundant, what happens afterwards, it gives them the opportunity to think what they really want to do next and plan out those next steps. And a lot of the time, people will end up in a much better position or find a role that will provide more fulfillment and or maybe even a pay rise. There's loads of different aspects. So I think when you take that personal element out, it really helps separating that the emotions from the process it really helps them to move forward faster. And I think just building on what you just said there, another thing I would say is when you are a line manager and you've got people that are finding this difficult when you get to the right stage, so it's not going to be something you're going to talk about in the initial um, phase, but encourage people to think about what do they want? Because very often the consequence, and we see this all the time in the workshops that we run, the consequence when people are losing their job as a, a result of redundancy is that they very often are less ambitious about the next role that they want to apply for. They often will assume that it will be easier to get a lower level role. So they'll straight away lower the bar of what they're aiming for compared to sometimes even what they've already got. But they're certainly not tending to think about a promotion or another opportunity. It's that safety of I need something that's equivalent to this, but I could probably drop to that that's the typical pattern that we initially see. And then through the process of the workshop and encouraging people to think about what do you actually want, then we start to see people's confidence comes back. And I think that's a really helpful thing that as a line manager is to encourage people to think about what roles do they really want? Not what's your bare minimum standard, but what roles do you actually want? What would be a great next role for you Help, let me help you. I can look out for those roles and make you aware of them. But just helping people to get clarity on what they actually want next is really small, but can be so powerful. Yeah, definitely. And I think what you were just saying there, just going back to that point about people looking to maybe take a role that is maybe less responsibility or or less pay. Actually, what people find in that situation is that when they get into that job search process, there's a lot more rejections because companies will always question, why are you applying for this? Because this is more junior than the role that you've been doing. So I think that clarity is key, isn't it? Helping people to find clarity in what's next will probably be one of the one of the nicest and biggest things that you'll do to help somebody move forward in a redundancy situation because it will mean that they'll take the the right steps forward rather than thinking around the negative emotions and that I can't possibly move forward. Maybe I'll just take a little step back. Maybe I'll try and do something similar when really all of the opportunities are out there. You just need to be pointed in the right direction. And it's amazing in the longer term, how many people will say a redundancy was the best thing that could have happened or a redundancy was a really 
positive aspect at the time it doesn't feel like it's going to be that way and so anything that you can do to help people to stay positive to consider opportunities rather than to to stay in that place of feeling scared of what's happening I think can be really helpful so we've talked there in terms of what line managers can do sometimes the best thing that you can do is to get that external help and support so can you just share a little bit of what we cover when we go in to help people in this situation so if anybody is out there and actually we really could do with some expert help here what are the options so we cover the whole range of outplacement support and most recently we've been doing some really good workshops with companies we've been doing them online and we've also been doing them in person as well so we're looking at cv writing we're looking at job search we're looking at how to use linkedin to conduct a job search and we're also looking at interview prep yeah and we love running those workshops as well because the impact and we can see the difference in people's confidence from the beginning to the end so yeah Absolutely. If you need that support, we are there and all you need to do is drop us a DM. So thanks for listening. And if there is anybody that you think will benefit from this episode, then please do share it with them. And don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platforms. And as ever, send us a DM if there's anything you'd like us to cover or if you'd like more information on the outplacement support that we provide. So Thank you for listening and we'll catch you again next time.